Hey everyone, Jeremiah here. I know this isn't the normal way we start off an episode of That's How I Roll, but this is no normal episode. We've got a special episode for you. It's sort of a dual episode that Alan Gerding of the Tuesday Night Podcast and I put together. We got together and talked about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. And uh, so we, we did this episode. It is currently playing over on the Tuesday Night Podcast. And... Now it's playing here on That's How I Roll. Before we get started, I wanted to remind you of the contest that we've got going on. If you want to win a free copy of Spoils of War from Arcane Wonders, all I need you to do is to tweet at Theology of Games using the hashtag TOG Roll. And the only thing else you need to include in that tweet is your game of 2017. The top game of 2017, in your opinion... And you are entered to win. So don't forget to do that. Hit us up on Twitter at Theology of Games. And remember to enter by January 30th of 2018. All right, enough about that. Let's talk Star Wars. Here we go. Buckle up. It's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. I'm Alan Gerding from the Tuesday Night Podcast, a podcast all about the stories we make while playing the games we love on, around, and under our gaming tables. And we also have... Uh, Hey, I'm Jeremiah Isley. I'm from Theology of Games. We do... We're actually doing three podcasts now. Did you know that? Yeah. So we do Theology of Games podcast, which is a monthly installment. I do a podcast called That's How I Roll, which is just myself, and that is a weekly show. And we've also started Board Games FM, which is, get this, it's daily. That's insane. We're busy. We're busy, folks. All right. Well, let's shut up about that because no one cares. Because Nobody does. Yeah. They're here to talk about Star Wars. We did this with The Force Awakens. Yes. Had some knaves, knights, listeners alike ask for a new Star Wars episode for The Last Jedi. And by a whole bunch of people asking for it, I mean three. (laughs) Three might be overstating it. (laughs) Let's do this. And I think before we get into it, we should give the spoiler warning. Yeah, sound that alarm. What's the opposite of spoiler-free? What would you call that? Uh, spoiler-laden? Saturated with... S- saturated? Saturated with spoilers. How about just spoiled? Uh, this oh, is that's, spoiled. It's spoiled. We're, we're going to give it all away. So, yeah, just stay clear. I think we should also talk about who are we to discuss Star Wars? <laughs> and I think the answer to that is nobody. It doesn't matter. Nobody and I think that's the main thing I want to say. First point is this. I'm amazed at how contentious people can get about Star Wars opinions. Oh, yes. Underline opinions. Am I right? Right. Totally. <laughs> As an opinion, it doesn't matter if you can name Lando Calrissian's co-pilot on the Millennium Falcon or Neon if you can Numb. name all the pilots in the Red Squadron or if the only Star Wars movie you've ever seen is The Last Jedi which probably isn't the case if you're listening to this, but your opinions are all still valid and they are opinion-based. You know what they say about opinions? 
They're like buttholes. Everyone has them and they stink. And they all stink. So let yeah, let's just get that out there to start with. You're you're absolutely right. These are our opinions, our thoughts, our takes. There's nothing official or super important <laughs> or pretentious. Maybe a little pretentious, but there's nothing special about it. This is what it comes down to. We're just gonna have fun. Two friends talking about Star Wars. That's it. Right. That's what this episode that's what, is. That's what it's all about. And there's not going to be much talk about board games. Probably not. Probably not. But hey, have you played any Star Wars board games lately? I actually got Imperial Assault for Christmas, and we started into that with uh, my boys. So, Did you use the app to GM it? Yes, which is amazingly almost too easy, but it's great because I can actually play with my boys and i'm not trying to just run the game and have them figure their way through it so boom done board game service done we're done talking about board games so if you're here for board games turn it off at this point i can't emphasize this enough turn this (laughs) off if you don't care i love it i'm really selling this episode jeremiah (laughs) that's all you're gonna get (laughs) yeah and it is new year's day so both of us are groggy as all hell i'm sick because of the new happy new year everybody happy Happy New New year happy new year Anyway, let's get into this. (laughs) All right. Star Wars Episode 8. Side note. Yeah. I am going to use less Star Wars clips and music because I've gone legit and only use music I have the legal rights to. Uh Oh, you've you've joined the light side. (laughs) Apparently, I have enough (laughs) listeners now that I should be worried about this stuff. So... Sorry that all the editing has taken a downward spiral because now I'm worried about lawyers and whatnot. Just a good thing to do. Just so. Well, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, it is. Okay. There you go. So I think we've done all of our disclaimers just general opinion of star wars last jedi jeremiah go okay so here's my thought i was actually very shocked when i woke up the next day so i went to like a midnight showing i was supposed to go earlier in the day but stuff happened and i had to go to a midnight showing i woke up the next day and i started seeing all this hate for episode eight for the last jedi and i was completely blown away by that fact because I really enjoyed the film. It is not like any other Star Wars film we've ever seen, including Rogue One. I would agree. I would agree. So far, I'm with you. Yeah, there's... And I also say, people that get really passionate upset, I will say that is a sign of privilege. You are privileged if you are really, really angry (laughs) at a Star Wars movie. Your life is pretty good. Right, right. You have that time of time and energy. You've but keep got, on going, sir. You don't have many problems in your life if you're super mad about this film. But I think overall, I enjoyed it. I don't know. Like, I know people have been ranking it. I saw you do that on Facebook. You know, they I just caved. put the yeah, numbers. A lot of people are doing it. And a lot of people are asking me. And by that, I mean two. Here- so I went ahead and <laughs> ranked them. So I always rank Star Wars, you know, Empire's number one. Nothing has usurped that. Agreed. And then... Episode 5. And then 3, 2, and 1 
are down at the bottom and everything else is kind of jumbled up in the middle there. You know, I could probably sit down and say, oh, I didn't like the Ewoks so much. So maybe episodes four is a, is a little higher than episode six. I don't know where episode eight fits in all this. I still think it's better than all of the prequels. You know, nothing to me has gotten worse than any of any three of the prequels, including episode three, which I know a lot of people love, but there's a lot of crap for that movie. Right. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I thought there were there were parts of it that I didn't care for, you know, little subplots here and there that I thought eh, that was probably not the best way to go about, you know, moving the plot along, which we'll talk about. But yeah. overall, it was, it was a fun movie. There were so many moments I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen here. I've never seen a Star Wars movie that's doing what this movie is doing. I don't know right. if this character is going to die or that character is going to die or... I mean, holy crap, Leia used the Force to save herself from outer space. Hello. Right. So I love that about it, too. I loved, there were a lot of things that characters did with the Force and a lot of the lore of the Force that we'd seen in books and we have seen, you know, in like the Clone Wars and some, the some video of these games. other things. Right. But we had not seen in a film yet. And I loved that about it. I thought the way that they handle the force, they took it out of being midichlorians and all that trash. And they made it this all powerful force in the universe. And I, I love that about it. So I enjoyed it. I thought towards the end, I was scared to death so many times that they were going to roll credits. One one point was when they started just picking off the resistance ships. I was like, oh my gosh, they're on the run. They're going to roll credits and we're going to be left on this cliffhanger. And the other point was when Luke steps out of the bunker in front of all the ad-ats and ships and, you know, the you whole... You were worried they would leave you They would just leave us. such a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh no, they're going to roll credits. Thankfully, there was a little bit of resolution, but I don't even think they resolved much. I think they set up a bigger conflict with this. So, yeah, I think overall, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. I, I know a lot of people complain about Luke and his character and how they handled that, but I felt like... What did you expect somebody that ran away and hid? You know, how did you expect him to react? <clears throat> and I thought Mark Hamill was fantastic. I I think it was an outstanding performance. So those are some of my overarching ideas and thoughts on the film as as I see it. I'm going to address some of the points that you made right there, first starting with the ranking. Yeah. First of all, I enjoyed all of the movies as far as pure entertainment fashion. Sure. Now that right. doesn't mean that I loved all the movies hand over fist, but the whole point of the film, all these movies is to enjoy them. They're for fun. And I think your ranking is a personality test of itself on where you place the movies because <laughs> it all depends on what your preferences. There's so many factors. There's, are you a stickler for plot? Just pure fun. Yeah. Dialogue acting. And let's be honest, I don't think we're going to see any Academy Awards for acting in any of these movies. Although I'll right. get to Adam Driver's Kylo Ren later, because in my oh, opinion, yeah. if yeah. there was going to be an award, it would be for Adam Driver's portrayal. Sure. Character development, character lore, and continuity is a term I'm using for lack of errors. And I'll get into that mm, later okay. on. So, you know, which one of these do you favor the most? With that in mind, yeah, I overall enjoyed the movie. But that's not saying much because I enjoy all the Star Wars movies because it's my opportunity 
to go back to something that is very nostalgic for me mm-hmm. and go into the universe. I'll also say my complaints about the movie, and I have them listed here. I've, I've listed five main factors. I try to simplify it. Five things I really loved and five things that really bothered me in general. Point is, for me, The Last Jedi I really enjoyed, but it had some pretty severe problems. But none of those problems have to do with how the Force was used. Because here's the thing. The Force, magic. It's magical. Right, right. The way you use the force, I'm not going to complain about that. I'll be more yeah. of a stickler on the science quotes because I know this is sci-fi, whatever. <laughs> and I'll get into that later. So f- in general, this movie I thought was one of the more fun of the films. Yeah. So when you're watching yeah. it, you're saying, wee. So if you really value fun, especially family fun, this movie is going to be higher on your list, I believe. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for continuity and cleanliness – This one is probably the worst as far as Mm. there's a lot of actual mistakes here. And I'll go into that in detail. And I don't mean fan mistakes or you're changing the lore. I mean actual plot mistakes. Mm. And if you want, I can get into it now. I can just talk about like the five main sins or the five main loves. Where do you want me to go, Jeremiah? Guide me. Be my Obi-Wan. Be my Yoda. Why don't we start with the the mistakes and then we'll end on a high note. Okay. What I'll do, I'll just, I'll play devil's advocate on these and either bring a, a reinforcing point or a counterpoint. I'll be the voice of reason to your, your madness. And I'm glad <laughs> you said that, but I hope this doesn't squash it because yeah. I'm trying to make this as little opinionated as possible. Sure. Because my mistakes, I want to be as concrete as I can be. Right. So here's the thing. Anytime that you have to make an excuse for a movie... It's already stretching my likability. Yeah. When you have to fill in the blanks like a Mad Lib, I have issue with that. And that's why eight is on the lower side of the Mm. rankings for me when I rank the Star Wars episodes. For instance, least severe to most severe. Okay. I'll rank these in frowny faces. (laughs) Ranked at one frowny face, the First Order is pursuing the resistance. Right. They can't just go into light speed because they don't have enough fuel to keep on going into light speed and they're able to track them no matter what. Right. Okay. Already you're introducing rules and I'm not a stickler for rules. When you start introducing these rules, it's fine, but you can really overwhelm your audience with rules. And that's another point that I'm going to get to because that's actually number four frowny face. So let me digress. Number one frowny face. Why doesn't the first order just light speed ahead of where they are going and ambush them. Okay, they're going this way. Why don't we just, since we have all these ships, we have a whole armada, basically, we can just go ahead and ambush them. So you have to make excuses for that, but go on, be devil's advocate. So that's an interesting thought, but I think the thing that jumped into my mind when you said that is how did the the film at the end, how did that end up? When they jumped in the light speed so close, it tore all the ships apart, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a kamikaze mission at that point, which maybe the First Order would do that because they just want to take out the resistance or maybe not. I don't know. I don't, you know, there's... And that's the point right there when you say, I don't know, because you could also argue then, why does it have to be a straight line? Just curve around them. Right, You've got right. plenty of fuel, First Order. Right, right. Why not do a triangle instead of just a straight line? Yeah, I I wasn't so bothered by the, the pursuit action. I actually, 
the thing about that that bothered me, I guess, the most was that it felt to me like Battlestar Galactica. Right. And I thought of the O.J. Simpson white Bronco <laughs> chase from back in the day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it, it definitely has a theme of that. But if you I don't know if you saw the new series of Battlestar Galactica, pretty much the first half, I think, of the first season or maybe even most of the first season, the Cylons are pursuing the humans and they jump into hyperspace and they have like I think it's like 22 minutes or there's some specific amount of time before the Cylons track them and then jump in the, into the same space that they are. So they're continually jumping and trying to keep their fuel up. To me, it, it had gave me memories of that. I was like, oh, this is Battlestar Galactica. But I didn't find the pursuit ridiculous or unbelievable or, you know, like, oh, why haven't they figured out a better way to do this? I thought the dialogue within the First Order of all right, they're just going to wear out. It's not even a a factor. Why do we even have to worry about coming up with some other strategy? Because they're not going to jump. And if they do jump, we'll find them. We're just going to wait them out. We're we're smoking them out, basically. Right. And keep in mind, this is my one frowny face. So it's only going to get more severe from here. (laughs) Oh, boy. You ready for two frowny faces? Let's do it. This one I, for a while, was higher up. And then I just kind of let it go. But there is a scene where Captain Phasm is about to execute... Rose and Finn. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yep. All right. They have some axe executioner blade that they're going to swing down on the neck. Explosion happens, which interrupts the execution. No problem so far. Right. Come back. You see Rose and Finn coming to after the explosion because it separated Captain Phasm and all these stormtroopers. Finn gets up. Oh, oh, Rose gets up. No stormtroopers around. No Captain Phasm. Like, oh, okay, we've saved then. We're no longer around there. Okay, what now? Rose says, there's a ship like 150 yards away. Let's go. And they start running to it. All of a sudden, in a perfect organized line, there's Captain Phasm and all the stormtroopers. Yeah. What? what? How, (laughs) How did we... Did... Finn and Rose get exploded away and just them got launched away or you have to justify that in your mind. And again, you're asking your audience member to connect the dots where it's so easy to fix. What the, what the heck happened, man? I don't understand. Here's you're, you're totally right. I think the more ridiculous part is that she knew that there was a ship that was not visible on screen. How did she know that there was still a ship? there i think the imagery of it's captain phasma by the way uh (laughs) sorry captain phasma that's all right i think the imagery of them you know emerging from this smoke and whatever and and formation i think that's just over directing or the director of photography saying oh you know what'd be really cool is this shot of them dramatically emerging and stopping them from getting I think that's just a a poor directing choice for a visual impact. That doesn't ruin the movie for me, but I I totally agree. I I see what you're saying. Like, uh, all right. (laughs) Here's the side note disclaimer that I've learned about my opinions of pretty much everything, not just movies, but music, people, everything, is I'm really easy. So I enjoy most things. Yes. Yeah. However, once someone pointed out the fact, well, can you think of something better? That's when everything went downhill. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can think personally, not that I'm special and that I'm the master know-all, but that was so easy to fix. Right. There's right. no reason for that. You could just have the ship in sight. You could have right. Captain Phasma <laughs> go ahead and wake up next to the other stormtroopers and around them and get organized. Sure, you're going for some dramatic shot. Not worth it. Like that, yeah. you lost a lot there because yeah. of the lack of continuity. So that was two frowny faces. You ready for three frowny faces? Let's let's do it. There is a scene where they've got the laser battering ram. Yes. And the resistance is flying towards this laser battering ram to stop the First Order from penetrating the walls. Finn decides he's going to sacrifice himself. It shows a shot where all of these resistant ships are turning around and going back, but one ship is still going forward. And that's Finn's ship. Mm-hmm. And he's going to sacrifice himself. Suddenly, Rose sideswipes him, knocks him out of the beam's way, and, quote, saves his life. Now, I have no problem with the motivation. I just have problem with the continuity. How <laughs> in the hell did she have time to not only catch up to Finn, but catch up to him and be able to go all the way out to the side and T-bone him out of the way. Everyone was (laughs) retreating. And again, easy to fix. All you had to do was show Rose not backing off, flying right Right, next to him. Like, no, Finn, what are you doing? Don't do it. Don't do it. I understand. You did it for the dramatic reveal of, whoa, out of nowhere, someone just saved Finn. Yeah. But at the cost of my respect, at the cost of continuity. Sure. I don't remember... I would have to watch that again. Like, Definitely look for it the second time because I've seen it multiple times at this point. And it's like, yeah, yeah. this is that's one of the best things. Really quick side note. I'm sorry to yeah, cut yeah, you yeah. off, Jeremiah. This is the Star Wars movie that when watching multiple times seems the most rewarding. It gets, for me, more and more fun every time I've seen it. For yeah. instance, fighting the hologram Luke and how he's not kicking up red dust. Yep. Brilliant. And you yep. don't look for that until it's nope. the second time viewing. Right. So cool. But go on. So on. I guess my disappointment with that was I I had hoped that he would have hit it. You know, he would have sacrificed himself. I felt throughout the whole movie, I felt, I don't know who's going to die. I thought Princess Leia was, was a goner in the first 20 minutes. Right. And I liked that about the movie. Man, these characters might not make it. After killing off Han, oh, anybody's on the table. Anybody can go at any point. So I was more disappointed in the fact that they did save him and they didn't let him, you know, somebody who's a pretty big character, give that ultimate sacrifice to save everybody else. You know, obviously it pays off because Luke shows up and all that stuff. But uh, I'll have to watch that because I don't, I don't remember going, oh man, how did she make it back in time? Was whatever those were, those skiff speeders. You can make the excuse. Here's the excuse that I made. But again, this is the audience members putting their time and energy to justify the scene. Right. Once he gets thoroughly into the beam, it slows him down incredibly because that would make sense. Because there's force coming out of it. And then that would allow Rose to catch up to him and sideswipe him because he's moving really slow at that point. Right, right. But again, easily fixed. Just show us one little clip. Maybe even make it subtle, like you can see the red dust of the ship slightly off screen of some second ship. Again, enhance the second viewing where you say, oh, that must be Rose's ship going way off to the side. Right, right. I think there's two ways to look at that, though. I think there's 
yes, you could have hinted that, oh, somebody turned back, but I think it, it would have detracted from the moment because I legitimately, in my first viewing, I thought, oh, he's done. He's, he's doing this. He's gone. And when she did show up and save him, I was like, oh, okay. She, there was that moment of true surprise for me because I truly thought, because there was no indication that help was coming. Uh, I, I think that's a, a double-edged sword there. Your opinion is invalid and wrong. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. Yeah, no, that's that's the opinion piece. I think there's a compromise, though, as my point was, sure, that yeah. you could still have all that and add in the hint for the second viewing. Right. Something right. that would accomplish both of those. Because your second time viewing, you know he's not going to die. But then if you sprinkle in the little goodness of, but then you see, oh, my porg. <laughs> Bruises. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that's how she did that. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. I will say I'm more jaded than you because once Princess <laughs> Leia died, and also with the novels, and I don't want to bring in the novels, right? but were they really saving the main characters? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then no, I, I was agree. like, this isn't happening. I agree. He's not going to die. <laughs> I wanted him to. I did. I'm with you. I'm like, please die. It's not happening. Damn it. I really want this because it went on a little too long. Sure. And if they didn't give Admiral Akbar any type of goodbye, <laughs> I thought this was too big of a goodbye for Finn. Sure. <laughs> Poor Admiral Akbar. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Was that three or was that four? That, that was, was three. That was three. We got to pick up the pace right. here because I don't want to be spending hours and hours editing yeah. this thing. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Number four. Four frowny faces. This one's more opinion based. So you're going to be able to pick this one apart more. All right. Here's the thing. Wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anytime you introduce a new rule into a lore... Uh huh. You're asking your audience to adapt that. Again, you're asking your audience basically a favor of energy. And if done right, it can really accomplish things. But you got to make sure that those rules are pretty concise and necessary. You shouldn't just throw in some type of rules that don't need to be there. I'll give you an example. Okay. Gremlins. Gremlins, <laughs> three rules don't get them wet, don't expose them to sunlight. And don't feed them after midnight. Those are pretty concise rules. But already the third rule gets a little weird because we know don't get them wet. They multiply sunlight. They die. Right. Don't feed them after midnight because then they turn in from gizmo creatures into the gremlins. But what about time shifts and time changes and how long after midnight? <laughs> like, is it six o'clock? How do they know this? Right. So that rule is a little, a little weak. Anyways, this is just to explain Rules should be necessary and add to it, but if they're not, you're kind of exhausting your audience's tolerance. So, in this film, fuel's now an issue. Not a huge deal, like, okay, fuel, they can run a fuel. We've never had that before. Although, to be fair, I've seen hoses connected to ships before, so sure. yeah, sure, that makes sense. Right, All right, right, so fuel's a big thing. Distance of attacks. Oh, that's kind of cool, because maybe that's why they did such a good job staying alive during the attack against the Death Star, because right. if you're too close, there's the cannons. Oh, too far away, and your lasers don't do much damage. Okay, all right, I'm with you, but you're, mm -hmm. you're throwing in mm -hmm. a lot here, but I, I'm getting it, I'm picking up what you're saying. Okay, so there's World War II gravity bombs. All right, I guess I got to kind of make excuses for this, that the gravity and space, I mean, there's not sound in space either, but, you know, this is for fun. That <laughs> right. didn't bother me at all, but I got this. Okay, there's a light speed tracker now. Okay, so they can track them in light speed. Yeah. Oh, but only one ship at a time has the tracker. Okay, 
And we can't just <laughs> destroy that ship because then another ship will turn it on. All right, I'm with you. But at this point, it's really sounding like you're kind of doing deus ex machina and coming up with perfect reasons to justify everything we're about to see in the movie. Yeah. All yeah. right. And then here's the main thing that bothered me is when they finally talk about all these rules that are happening and then Finn and Rose and Poe basically come up with the solution like this is how we do it. It very much felt like, again, deus ex machina, which for the uninitiated in Greek plays, if they couldn't come up with an ending or a solution, literally a god would descend down upon the play <laughs> and say, oh, he's now dead and she lives and they're now a happy family or not, depending on if it was a comedy or drama. But that's what the expression deus ex machina means. All right. I know I patronized a lot of our listeners by saying that. <laughs> this is, and I know I'm going to lose a lot of geek cred here. Uh-oh. This is also what drives me nuts about Doctor Who. Because Doctor Who, there's so many episodes where the crap's going to hit the fan and everyone's going to die. But then suddenly the doctor says something like, oh, wait, I just realized mm -hmm, we can simply reduce the samouflage feedback with the geocentric <laughs> relay pulse array. And the day is saved. That was a close one. Yeah. But as an audience member, wait, whoa, whoa. You're really asking a lot of your audience there, especially when all of those could just be reduced. And here's where what I said previously comes into play. What would be easier? Because you already introduced this rule of a two-way cloaked tracker. I'm talking about the device that Princess Leia has mm -hmm. and that Ray has. Right. And so that they know where each other are at all time. That was another thing they introduced. Okay, I guess they have that. That's cool. But why not have that? Because a lot of people are really pissed off at Admiral Hodo. Am I saying that one right? Uh, I believe so. Admiral Hodo doesn't tell Poe anything. And a lot of people have issue with that. I don't really have issue with that because she's an admiral. Who is he? He's also in trouble. Like, right. He's been demoted. I had no problem with that. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people did. She kept secrets for no reason. But this explanation would make it, instead of having some new magical device that can track light speed, why not just have it somehow we have a two-way cloak tracker mm -hmm. on our ship and they have one on their ship. Yeah. That way you're double dipping into some type of technology, some new rule that you've already introduced. Yeah. And it's to your benefit, but it's also to your detriment. And then there's this whole other plot line that you could really go on. Where is the other device on our ship? And maybe we have a traitor in our midst. Maybe mm -hmm. someone is holding mm -hmm. on to the other tracker on our cruiser or something. We don't know when we're trying to find it, but we do know where theirs is or something. But the point is this, you could have really gotten rid of a whole bunch of unnecessary rules that overwhelms and mm -hmm. gets the audience like, oh man, this, this doesn't make sense. You could have even done away with the fuel at that point. It's just like, we cannot get away from these people no matter what. They know where we're at. But go on, Jeremiah, response. So... We've already seen gravity bombs in Empire. Right. <laughs> I think... Again, that didn't bother me Right, right, all. right, right. I know what you're saying because I feel like I was more annoyed with like, oh, suddenly they're cloaking ships. You know, we've never seen cloaking. You know, it happened in some of the books, but it was like a big deal that the Empire figured out how to cloak a fleet. And if they could cloak this little ship that's going to this planet 
on the side mission thing, why couldn't they cloak the rest of the ships that they're in? And I think that portion of the movie, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that was the most troubling part of it. Like, this all feels really weird and disjointed. It doesn't feel like Star Wars at all. Just clunky. Just not elegant. Yeah. Like, here's, here's the board game thing. An elegant game. Love letter. Very little rules. Very simple, but very deep meaning to it. All yep. of your decisions yep. have meaning to it. Here, there's a whole bunch of bells and whistles, and each one of them aren't really meaningful enough. So it's clunky. Instead of just having a few that are clean and tight. Right. The payoff isn't that great. It's not like... Oh, that was amazing. I, I really love that portion of it because it really it brought this out of the movie. It, it spun things in this direction. There's so many more complaints. For instance, how are Finn and Rose able to just whoop, right. go out and right. come back? And like, what, right. what's they going on here? They their way in. And I, I think the best part that came out of that is the hacker, the slicer that... Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, I think his character was really interesting and... I liked him as well. I know some people didn't like his oh, character. Oh, no, I thought he was great. That's on my list of favorites. Yeah, we yeah. Haven't, we've done frowny faces. We're going to get to hearts. Yeah, so... I felt I, I don't have much <laughs> to give you on this one because um, you agree. I, I do. I don't think the fuel thing bothered me too much because it didn't bother me too much. It's just just I, another I'm little sprinkle. To, the yeah. straw that breaks the camel's back. You know, you're adding yeah. on weight and weight onto this. I'm camel. trying to rack my memory because I think I've heard them mention fuel in other films. Again, not a big deal. I've seen tubes connected to ships. Right, sure, right. that must it, be fuel. It makes sense they have to be powered by something. But yeah, the whole way they track and... Okay, I get it. Finn was a stormtrooper. He would know some of these things. Uh, I don't know. It, it seemed... Yeah, it seemed like it was a stretch. And Too serendipitous. Yeah, yeah. And I think the way they spun it to go to this other planet. And that brings in some of the newer books because there are these ore mining planets and Rose with her her sister and the medallion and stuff like that. I was fine with some of that stuff. I thought the whole sequence on the planet was meh. You're talking about Canto Bite? Yeah, with all the them trashing the casino. And I mean, I have, I have a whole list of little things. For instance, right, here's right. another one that didn't make my top five. Uh-huh. They're really happy that all of those horse-like creatures yeah. got away. Right. Now it was worth it, says Rose. Right. Now it's worth it because we freed those. <laughs> so you're telling me that they're not just going to recapture those guys? <laughs> right. Like, they're not just going to go we, get They don't have ones. the technology to do that? Yeah. They don't yeah. have ships that fly around and nets yeah yeah i thought that whole scene was a bit contrived but here's me being preachy a little bit yeah if that scene got to you like yeah that was cool like yeah now it was worth it those poor creatures oh my goodness <laughs> you should be vegan if you're caring about some virtual creatures that were getting zapped around a racetrack right <laughs> you should be vegan because in real life there's way worse that is going on right now in the industrialized meat industry. I'm not saying you should never eat meat. I'm just saying right. what we do to the creatures to get that meat. That are actual creatures. By local, by humane. Anyway, little preach done. But if that scene bothered you and you're eating a burger while you're watching that film that you bought at Walmart, you need to check yourself. <laughs> Well said. Well said. All right. So what's number five? <laughs> number five, the Lightspeed Kamikaze. You already touched upon this. Oh, you didn't like this? No, this oh. is five frowny faces. Oh, no. Here's the issue. Okay. Oh, no. They're shooting the secretly escaping resistance. By the way, another little side frowny face. Yeah. We could see everything. We could see both ships and we could see all the little 
transport ships leaving yep. the resistant cruiser. You're telling me there's not one guy in the first order looking out the window saying, oh, by the way, there's little ships that are <laughs> leaving. So they don't know until Benicio del Toro turns them in. Anyway, Admiral Hodo says, uh oh. So she turns the ship around. Yeah. And she light speeds into theirs. Oh my. Why the hell didn't any of the other ships do that? Why did they just say, well, it's been an honor serving the resistance by when the medical right, ship right. and why didn't they do the same thing? Also, this adds in this whole other question. Why don't they do this more often? If this is a thing, why don't they make kamikaze ships? And again, we have to make the excuses for that because you could justify it. I don't want to do your job for you, but you can say, well, maybe they took all the fuel from the ships that were about to run out of fuel and transferred it into the cruisers mm-hmm, and the transport mm-hmm. ships. But again, why make us answer that? Why not just have someone say, even if it's in the background, all of our reserve fuel has been transferred to the main cruiser. Good. Well, this is goodbye. Job's done. Yeah. I I would have to, I'd have to watch it with a critical eye about that because I didn't, that was never a thing for me. That was never like, well, why didn't they do that earlier? Um, didn't they... I'm trying to remember now. Weren't the ships that got destroyed? We'll just say. Didn't they run out of fuel? Boom. Didn't they run out of fuel and that's why they fell behind and were destroyed? Yeah, they ran out of fuel. So the whole point is before that happens. Before that happens to turn around. Why don't you just turn around and use your last little bit of reserve to light speed into them? Uh, It's a fair point. I don't know that. I mean, it's my number one complaint about the film. So saying it's a fair point is a little (laughs) invalidating, Jeremiah. I think it's the point. For instance, I don't want to ruin Aladdin for you. Uh Uh-huh. This is me, and I know this is part of my personality. I love the movie Aladdin, except this point drives me crazy, which made it from my top favorite movie to I can't... In the Disney ranking, it's not even on the top list. His third wish, she's debating, make me a real prince? What happened to your second wish? You have to use adjectives now when you make the wish, like, make me a prince, Jeannie, but now make me a real prince. Uh. What? (laughs) Oh, what? That's such a little, what? Anyway, so this is the what in this movie drives me up the wall. Yeah. Uh, Dramatic effect is all I can say. I think they... They At were the trying cost to... of respect. Yeah. Dramatic effect for the cost yeah. of respect. Why not just turn it around and just fly towards them or something? Yeah. Something. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's, you got me on that one. I, I, it didn't bother me. It wasn't like, oh, hey, why didn't they do that earlier? Why didn't one of these other ships or why didn't they just one of the smaller ones do that? I, I got nothing. I will say one of the things about it is, you know, a lot of people it was said pretty. It was, it was cool. Oh, the the shot was amazing. It was it was. I was like, oh yeah, this is sweet. One of the complaints out there is, why is it Hodo or you know why did she do that? Why didn't they have Admiral Akbar do that and send him off that way? I would agree with that. Oh I, man, that's a great point. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh my, why not have Admiral Akbar? I know that. Admiral Hodo is a bigger character in the books, yeah, but yeah. not for most people. Most right, people right. do not read the books. Admiral Akbar is important. And by the way, have you seen Admiral's Snack Bar? <laughs> have you seen no. this on YouTube? No. 
<laughs> All right, I'll have to put it in. Yeah. Don't fall into the hunger trap. Come on down to Admiral Akbar's Snack Bar, where you'll find the most delicious food this side of Alderaan. I mean Dantooine. We've got all your favorite snacks. Darth Taters, Luke Pie Walkers, R2 Fruit Chews, Stubaka, Obi Flan Kenobi, Emperor Palpa Beans, Wedge Antilles' Aunt's Chili, Neonum's Chicken Drums, Han Solo's Flan Flavored Rolos, uh, Yoda Soda, Boba Fett's Boba Tea, Salacious Crumb Cakes, Lando's Flandos, Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru's Pumpkin Flavored Dunkaroos, but don't forget about our breakfast treats, Darth Marlow's, Django Fettos, Mace Windu-O's, Sepulva-O's, Dexter Jetsteros, Watto-O's, Queen Amidala's Decoy-O's, and C-3P Flakes. So come on down to Admiral Akbar's Snack Bar, where the prices are so low, you'd think it's a trap. I guess my only thing about that is because the voice actor who played the original Akbar passed away before this movie was made. I can see that, yeah. I wasn't even sure that that was Akbar because, you know, the voice just wasn't the same at all. So when they said, oh, Akbar's dead, I'm like, oh, oh, that was Akbar. I had that moment of, is that Akbar? Oh, cool. Oh, I don't know. I I think that might have been it. Like they just couldn't find somebody that was close enough to Akbar to really put him more prominently in the film that that was my thought of it it was yeah because i i literally i legitimately had that moment of i don't i'm not sure that's akbar it almost makes you wish they just didn't mention akbar at all either have him be uh-huh. in place of hodo or don't mention him at all right right because some of us grew up with that admiral akbar oh, action yeah. figure and all the time it's a trap it's a trap <laughs> yeah should we spin this ship around and go to the hearts yeah let's do that interestingly enough though i'm surprised you had nothing about luke in your complaints so nope pleasantly surprised yeah nope didn't bother me yeah no no yeah no. all right cool all right what do I love about it? Yeah, what do you love about Starting it? Starting at just one heart. A lot of my hearts are a lot of other people's frowning faces, and I will yeah. say that. Yeah. So I've heard a lot of people complain that Finn and Rose's side mission to Canto Bite was pointless. Like everything that they came up with and that whole mission to try to deactivate the tracker mm-hmm. just resulted in diddly squat, mm-hmm. just spinning wheels and wasting time. Mm-hmm. I love that. (laughs) I love that because that is reality. And that's the message of the movie. That's the whole thing about Poe is that he's the new Han Solo and he's reckless. But the whole point was, yeah, sometimes that's bullcrap. Yeah. Let's take a step back. You should follow some orders sometimes. You should trust. That's insane. That is a long shot. And that was the main message that they accomplished in the very first scene where he, sure enough, defeated the Dreadnought. Yeah, but at a high cost. Proportionately. I love that the side mission to Canto Bite was pointless. (laughs) That is the point. I love that. Yeah, you guys just wasted everyone's time and energy. And you could argue, oh, but they set the horse creatures free, so it wasn't totally pointless. No, it was pointless. (laughs) It was pointless, and that is 
awesome. It's again, taking our expectations and just turning them on their head. Like you said, you felt that anyone could die. Anything could be pointless. Anything could be meaningful. You don't know what the hell's going on. This is a new generation of Star Wars. It is no longer structured and predictable. What the hell? I like that. That's one heart. Yeah, I don't mind that it was pointless. I felt like... I felt like it was clunky. Like we talked about this earlier. I felt the way they got there, the reason they went there. I felt absolutely agree. Agree. I don't mind that it was pointless. The result of that is they find this guy and they go to the first order ship and they don't make it. And at the very climax of that, you see Poe and he's listening, you know, to the comic. He's like, they didn't make it. That's something that has never happened in Star Wars. We just got to give Han more time and he blows up the bunker and the shield comes down. Right. You know, all these tense moments result in the good guys doing what they were supposed to do. And this one resulted in they didn't make it. I thought that was great. Yeah, I agree. I'm not saying that Canto Bite is amazing and perfect. I'm saying the plot structure of that mission being pointless I love. Yep. Yep. I'm with you on that. I agree. I didn't like Canto Bite and, you know, this whole like class war thing that they were trying to do. Fine. Whatever. I actually did like the class war thing. That's getting into the <laughs> hearts because this is one of the reasons why I really like episode eight. And speaking of which, should we just go to two hearts? Yeah, or let's you just have do something? it. Yep. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go over there. Two hearts. Raise parents. Ah. Come from nothing. Yeah. One of my big complaints about the prequels midichlorians such horse crap right because that ruined the magic because part of the magic as a kid growing up in the original star wars era was the idea that anybody if you believed and had faith in the force enough could become force adept yep but then once you make it a genetic thing then it has this whole dynasty oh you're not born into it you have to be force royalty in order to do this Mm -hmm. this is very similar to my first heart is that, nope, doesn't matter. I know there's a lot of fans out there trying to predict, oh, she's the illegitimate child of Luke Skywalker. Or Obi-Wan, or, right. Or Obi-Wan Kenobi, or she's got to come from someone we know. Maybe yeah, Yoda yeah. kind of partied in Canto Bight back in the day. Who knows? You know, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> she comes from nothing. Well, and it even, it. if you want to keep all of, all of episode one and everything from then, okay, Anakin Skywalker was quote-unquote force conceived you know he he was this little slave boy on this destitute planet there was no lineage there although people say they think palpatine used the force to create life within his mother because of the whole right conversations that he had it was episode two or three i don't know i enjoy those theories the jar jar binks and all that i love, enjoy <laughs> right. the theories but keep on going but i think he came from nothing as far as we know there's been nothing to confirm any of that as far as we know, he came from nothing. And okay, there is lineage there. There, it, Luke Skywalker and Leia both are obviously very force adept. Han and Leia's children and so forth, or child that we know of. But the whole idea, you know, somebody said, well, if you watch episode seven, the ship that's flying away is, you know, a resistance transport or it's a first order transport. So they weren't just these junk traders that sold her for drinking money or whatever. But why would they leave her with, uh, what's his face? The junk trader guy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll do this. Simon Pegg's character. Yeah, yeah. So Luke was left with his aunt and uncle. Leia was left with royalty. I, I would feel like, okay, if they were to sell her off or try to hide her, there would be somebody there. Even if, okay, they do leave her with this junk trader. Unkar Plut. There'd be somebody there watching over her. Or right. there's just nothing there to go, oh yeah, that makes me believe that she was left to be taken care of and she was being watched over. No, she was just left there. That's it. They wanted more drinking money. They, you know, they, they just need money. So yeah, I, I loved that. I, I, I agree. A lot of people will complain about that. They're like, oh no, she has to be a Skywalker. She has to be a Kenobi or whatever. Nope. Nope. I love that. She is nothing. She came from nothing. So. Right. Right. I think a lot of people were expecting a, no, Luke, I am your father. Yeah. Type of thing. And we've just grown accustomed to that because, you know, right. Empire was such a good movie. Right. And I think there is something, though, that I, I'll be interesting to see how it plays out because there's a part of me that reserves the right to say she may still be connected somehow because Snoke says, oh, I was the one connecting you and Kylo Ren. I'm the one that put you together using the Force. But even after he's dead, at the very end, when she's boarding the Falcon and he's in the bunker, they connect again and they see each other. So right. there's something happening there where there is some kind of connection. I don't know. It leaves the door open for more theories to be formed. If I have to take it at face value that her parents are nothing, I'm totally cool with it. Yeah. Three hearts. All right. <laughs> Benicio Del Toro's character and message that there is a total neutral party to this ongoing war. Yeah. This is just a war machine. Yeah. Now, you may take issue with this because you mentioned that on Canto Bite, there are a whole bunch of rich people that were nothing but the weapons dealers. Yeah. But this is actually going to go into what I kind of wish the movie delved into in greater depth. I'm a huge fan of the Knights of the Old Republic role-playing video games. Yeah. And KOTAR 2 especially has this plot structure of there being a third side to the force. There's not just the light side. There's not just the dark side. Because both of those are more similar than they are dissimilar. This whole horseshoe effect. Right. That the Jedi and the Sith have more in common. And that you shouldn't get involved because they're in their own little war going on. In the meantime, the common person is just the cannon fodder. Right. And I love that message. And that's what kind of broke my heart. And this isn't a frowny face, but what I was really hoping for is that scene where Adam Driver, Kylo Ren, reaches out to Ray and says, work with me. If he didn't make it so evil, yeah, I would have loved that. Like, yeah. hey, how about we just cut all the crap? Let's just stop all the fighting and let's just do our own thing and let there not be a power in the universe. Let there just be some type of neutrality. Now, I know this sounds communist, socialist, whatever you want to say, but <laughs> I really like that. So you I really like Benicio Del Toro's <laughs> character. I really liked his message. And I like that he didn't give a crap. He said, mm -hmm. hey, they paid me more. I mean, that's who yeah. I am, man. I also love that he probably was the wrong guy. Again, just totally flipping your expectations. Because while I was watching Benicio Del Toro, I was waiting for, he's actually the guy. Like, he's going to mention he lost his flower lapel yeah, in a gambling yeah. match. Nope. He's the wrong guy. Right. He's the wrong coder. <laughs> he's totally the wrong guy because that guy was at the high roller table. 
Right, Justin Theroux. I'm a fan of that actor as well. But yeah, it's just so funny that Justin Theroux had like no part in the movie whatsoever, and he was <laughs> right. supposed to, but didn't. But he I didn't. It. it was just this missed connection, and they got busted and thrown in the jail. So I loved the character, who I believe is nameless. I don't think they've given him any name. I'll look it up as you keep on going. And and you're right. And I think it really. To me, Empire and Jedi, there are bounty hunters, and they are obviously aligned with the Empire. The Empire uses them all the time. They pay them money to do their dirty work. But bounty hunters and that type of person, they're just out for money. So they would work with the Resistance or the Rebellion or whoever. I feel like that's something that's kind of been left out. So I love that. Oh yeah, I'll I'll help you out. I'll work with you and then well, they're paying me more money, so I'm not working with you anymore. There's that whole yep, you just can't trust them. It, it's and it wasn't like, oh hey, here's a new Han Solo. He's going to redeem himself and and turn around. It was like, oh no, he just literally went for the money. I enjoyed that about it. This is cooler than I thought. I got this from IGN. I'm looking at this. Why Benicio Del Toro's character is named DJ. So Mm. the newly published tie-in books for Star Wars The Last Jedi reveal why Benicio Del Toro's character is nicknamed DJ. The shady character is a slicer hacker that's enlisted by Finn and Rose in Canto Bite. We know that. But the books reveal that DJ aren't his actual initials, but actually stand for don't join. Oh, nice. So indeed, his cap bears a tin plate with the motto, don't join, stamped on it. So he's a cynical, opportunistic survivor who just really is against joining a side, and he's just thriving on this imbalance, and he doesn't give a crap. In fact, he not only doesn't give a crap, he gives a crap that people shouldn't give a crap. Hey, you're making a mistake. Right. You should not care about this. <laughs> yeah, because you were talking about, you know, there not being a power in the universe and you were you were hoping that Kylo would have been able to convince Ray, like, let's just let all this stuff die and not worry about it and not be so evil. But I think that was the moment that he became irredeemable. Right. He doubled down on who he is. I think that was a good moment. I think that was necessary. But I agree with you on on DJ. I think it's great character. Really, really cool wrinkle that was added into the story. And I think you're right. In the movie, I don't recall him ever having a name. I think they're just getting it from the books. Yeah. All right. All right what are we at? Three or four? Four hearts. This one is just the fanboy in me squealing. (laughs) It didn't bother me that there weren't any lightsaber on lightsaber battles, but the Kylo Ren Ray fight. Finally, we get to see the Praetorian guards, the Red Royal guards fight. I love that fight scene. I love seeing those two characters fight together side by side. For me, just sitting in the seat every time I've seen the film, I'm just saying yes, yes, yay, wee. It's fun. It's it's good. Yep, yep. It's good. I agree. The first time that it happened, the whole lead up when he kills Snoke, and you're like, wait a minute, he's gonna kill Snoke, and then they start fighting together. I'm like, what did he just turn? Is he gonna be good? Like this blows my mind. And of course, yeah, like you said, the scene is amazing. Just this great it's just so battle, satisfying seeing them oh, fight together for yeah. some reason. You're just yay. You're just this like, is, oh, this is cool. Ah. This There's like this really hopeful side of me that was just like, oh my gosh, what? And then like I, my mind started racing. What's the rest of the movie going to be? What are they going to do with this? How's this going right. to work out? And that's why I was almost 
in my mind saying, damn it, when they didn't come together. Yeah, yeah, no, I, just I want, agree. And that was my favorite part. Like, yes, they're so good together. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. And then he doubles down. He's like, now I'm the supreme leader. I'm I'm leading this whole thing. I'm in charge. Okay, now he's he's the villain. Like, he is the villain, which I think was necessary because I think everybody was hoping for a Darth Vader arc with this. Dude went bad, right. becomes this bad guy for the power of the, the galaxy, and then at the end gets redeemed. And I think they, they needed to go away with that. We needed a bad guy, and we needed a good guy. So I think we still have that. But yeah, there was a part of me that was like, what? My mind was blown. And then it was like, oh crashes you back down to earth like oh yeah he's he oh he's even worse now but yeah i agree great scene really fun just total Mm -hmm. yeah total geek out (laughs) this leads right into my five hearts the number one thing and i already mentioned it yeah adam driver's portrayal of kylo ren he's very believable i'm with him i find him very entertaining and some people say i hate his character he's so childish and my response to that is exactly yes. he portrays yep. it so well that you believe it you have a hard time thinking that isn't a character that is some actor poorly portraying for instance right. not to bash rose too much but i didn't know where she was going when she kissed finn where did that come from yeah. i didn't sense that at yeah. all was was your character supposed to be oh okay i guess i can see it with some of the dialogue and how she looked up to him mm-hmm. but Everything that Adam Driver does, you feel the motivation. I'm right there with him, for better or for worse. Ah! Ah! Yeah, I agree. And I loved him in episode seven as well. I thought he did fantastic. Yes. And people, you're right, like people are, oh, he's such a spoiled child, or he's this emo kid, or whatever. You know what? I love the fact that he's so troubled, and he's so conflicted, and the whole thing with him killing Han Solo and Snoke being like, and it cut you to the core and it's it's messed you up he is evil out of his conflict and his confusion and his angst it's not just he's evil because he's joined the dark side and he wants to rule the galaxy yes that worked amazingly for the original trilogy here's the easy comparison yeah look at adam driver's portrayal of kylo ren versus hayden christensen's portrayal of anakin skywalker oh yeah right No comparison. No comparison. There's such deep, hurting motivation to Kylo Ren for what he does that you understand it. And it's not like, I'm the bad guy. Oh, you you made me angry. I can't trust you. Shut up. Get out of here, Hayden Christensen. (laughs) I hate sand. (laughs) It gets everywhere. There's just, there's so much more that's interesting with Kylo Ren than Anakin slash early Darth Vader. Right. Yeah, I agree with you 100% there. That's that's fantastic. Let's uh, put a bow on this, shall we? Because we're already way over our time budget. <laughs> Imagine that. I will end it with my final ranking. Okay. Already said the disclaimer, I enjoy all the films. Yeah. Even episode one cringeworthy I am part of the camp that says you can watch all the movies and skip episode one and you're fine in fact 
my partner, Crystal, she hadn't watched any of the Star Wars uh-huh. two years ago. And so we watched all the Star Wars leading up to Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. We skipped episode one and she hasn't complained and she hasn't even been curious about it. She said, <laughs> yeah, I don't see what could they cover in episode one that wasn't. Absolutely nothing. Episode one is last for me. Yeah. My ranking is Empire. Five. Yep. Four. Okay. Because it's the original. Yep. Right? Seven. I really enjoyed Force Awakens. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So seven actually made the top three for me. Even though mm-hmm. it's a soft reboot and people have complaints, blah, 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 blah. The point is... Really well-made film. It's fun and enjoyable. Yeah. And you introduced, which is now my favorite character, Kylo Ren. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's amazing. Yeah. Six, six. I've, we've done the original three films. Yep. And then the rest of these are just kind of all mixed together with one being last. So two, three, eight, one. Okay. And I know a lot of people hate Attack of the Clones, but uh. just call me an idiot. And I know this is contentious, <laughs> but I really had fun. So fun is a big factor for sure. me as well. Sure. Which is why I think Rogue One is a good movie, mm-hmm. but it's very low on my list because it wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. 40 minutes into it, I actually thought to myself and pointed it out, oh my goodness, this is a solid film, but I'm not smiling. I'm yeah. not having fun. Yeah. And that's never happened in it. Even in when it came to episode three, which is very dark, I still had more fun seeing all this evil unfold than I yeah. did in Rogue One. However, if there was an argument for a Rogue One to be at the top of the list, K2. Another one of my favorite characters in all of it. K2 is just amazing. K2 is great. I don't know where Rogue One. I would like to see a movie where it's just cuts of K2. Every scene K2 (laughs) is in, and then I'd like that probably more than Rogue One. Anyway, but that's my ranking. And again, it's flawed, and this is your own personality test. There's no right or wrong answer. You can hate me if you want to, and if you want to hate it, if you disagree with everything I say, if you want me to die, please tell me by sending an email to podcast at tuesdaynightgames.com or you can follow me on the tweets on facebook i'm alan girding a-l-a-n-g-e-r-ding how about you sir basically the best way to do is just go to theologyofgames.com there's social links there we're on instagram we're on twitter we're on facebook all of those are at theology of games i do most of the social media management there so you can tweet at me there or you can email theologyofgames at gmail.com And I think with that being said, this episode is... Finished. So there you have it, our rundown of episode 8, laden with spoilers, (laughs) very spoiled episode indeed. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode, hope you enjoyed it, hope you had fun. Again, it was just Alan and I having fun talking Star Wars and nothing too serious, folks. Uh, Again, if you love this show, if you enjoy the show, please share it with someone. If uh, you have the time or the resources or the ability to like, subscribe, uh, rate, and review this show on iTunes or wherever you may be listening, I would greatly appreciate it. I also wanted to thank Alan Girding for doing the production on this episode. He took that off my hands and it was greatly appreciated and I think it came out sounding great. So thanks, Alan. I want to thank you once again for taking the time to listen to this episode. I've got more board game reviews coming up next week. We're going to kind of get back into our regular swing of things here on That's How I Roll. So stay tuned for that. But until then, I'm Jeremiah Isley. 
And that's how I roll. Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and drive safe.